I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here at Total Wine & More, you'll find what you love and love what you find. Especially our totally low prices. I'm firing up the grill for burgers and want to impress the neighbors. This Cabernet is sure to take your burgers to the next level. Nice. Wow. And look at that price. Well done. I prefer medium or air. <laughs> your neighbors will love it. Find what you love, love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. With the lowest prices in the DMV. Drink responsibly, B21. This is Sarah's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. Driving cross-country with two young children is ambitious, to say the least. Then our check engine light came on. We pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts and they tested it. Turned out it was a faulty sensor. They referred us to a great mechanic just down the street and we were back on the road in no time. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Goldilocks Productions broadcasts universal cosmic frequencies that unlock, awaken, and expand the consciousness of our worldwide viewers and listeners. Goldilocks Productions presents the Live from Little Bear Sanctuary Show with Christopher Vane. Enjoy topics such as the vegan lifestyle, sanctuary media highlights, and spotlighting new rescues. Good evening, friends. Welcome to Live from Little Bear Sanctuary. I'm your host, Chris Vane. And uh, if you're watching live on this Monday, uh, November 29th, don't forget to sign in. Say hello, like our show, subscribe. Uh, it's a great way to support um, Little Bear Sanctuary and all the shows on the Goldilocks Productions Network. And if you've missed any of our shows, you know, we're on demand on Goldilocks Productions YouTube, Little Bear Sanctuary Facebook, and and Rumble. We're now on Rumble. Uh, a couple of people are asking about Rumble. It's, I believe, it's the Canadian version of YouTube. It's a relatively new space. And uh, yeah, so we're video live feed to those three places. And uh, we're uh, voice uh, to every major podcast uh, site. Um, big day tomorrow, Giving Tuesday. Um, it is uh, no doubt uh, the largest um, nonprofit fundraiser day of the year. And uh, if you guys watched yesterday, we did a live from the uh, Little Bear Sanctuary Facebook page. And uh, we showed you guys the four piggies that we're bringing in from California. And, uh, and I'll talk more about that uh, later in the show. Uh, what else can I tell you guys? Day 29 of No Shave November. I, it's getting long. <laughs> I, uh, I got to tell you guys, I'm looking forward to shaving it off soon. So um, uh, No Shave November, uh, you know, I've been talking about it every Monday. Uh, it, it's a month long. Um, uh, <clears throat> it's a month long journey where uh, participants forego shaving um shaving your face shaving your legs your armpits whatever whatever you guys normally shave and typically you would donate the money um 
for what you save on shaving products to um, to help with uh, cancer awareness. Uh, a lot of different organizations involved, and it's I know the website is no n o dash shave s h a v e dot org. Check it out. All right, guys. I'm going to bring on my guest today. Um, she is a registered feline behavioral consultant, and she's the founder of The Cat Counselor, and she's joining us from Auckland, New Zealand. Welcome to the studio, Molly Cassie. Hi, hey, thank Molly. you for having me. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> oh, it's good. Yeah. So I know it's the afternoon there. Yeah, two in the afternoon. And, and the summer is upon you guys. Yeah, it's going to be a scorcher. Is it? Yeah. You typically get crazy summers? Not too bad. Like, not no. like too bad extremes. But for us, I think it's slowly getting warmer every year. That yeah. just feels like that to me. It feels like every year it's getting hotter. But, yeah, um, so too. We'll yeah, see. we're in Florida, so I can totally relate. Oh, to wow. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We don't, we don't get to see the winter, so which is how I like yeah. it. But I know you like the winter, so yeah. <laughs> it's it's always fun. Um, so tell me about yourself. I, you live with your partner, two rats, and a dog named Alfred. Yes. Yeah, so I've got um, my Alfie's actually asleep next to me, and my two rats. Um, I've had them for about a year. They're nice. very cute, very polarizing pets. People either can't stand them or love them. So my friends are split evenly. <laughs> They're really smart. Um, yeah, so smart. I've been um, starting to do clicker training with them, um, just doing oh, little wow. tricks like standing on their back legs and no carrying way. things. Um, so it's been fun. It's been a um, good way to exercise their brains. Um, then my partner, who I don't clicker train, but um, he doesn't think it's funny, but I thought it was funny. Oh. Um, <laughs> he, he works um, in conservation, so we're both sort of in a holistic sort of field. Oh, nice. Nice. So tell me about uh, what is a feline behavioral consultant? So a feline behavioral consultant is a trained and certified professional who advises owners, rescues, and local organizations on the best way to mitigate and manage problem behaviors. We also do a lot of um, outreach in the community, managing uh, like stray cat populations and helping with legislation regarding um, keeping cats indoors versus outdoors and owner education just in a broader sense, like to the public. Yeah, very cool. Um, I know you've got a degree in um, uh, in feline behavior and you're a veterinary nurse. Yes. Yeah. I, um, about, oh gosh, be 10 years ago, I qualified um, as a vet nurse. Nice. And so I've been doing, I did that for a little while and then I moved into administration and I decided I wanted to do a bit more to help. And yeah, here we are a few years later, fully trained, ready to go. Nice. When did you start your business? June of this year. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it's quite relatively new. new. Baby. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And tell, tell, some, tell people uh, some of the stuff that you guys help with, um, with Ooh, kitty yes. issues. You're uh, our first like, kitty expert on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, how exciting. Uh, so I've been working on um, some house soiling issues, aggression towards owners and other pets, uh, cats that wander, um, some cats with separation anxiety. Um, in Auckland, we had lockdown for COVID for a few months, and people noticed their cats either weren't coping with them being home more, or it was the opposite. They didn't like them being home more. Wow. So I've had a few cases of dealing with that. Huh. And then just a common like over grooming, um, furniture damage, you know, scratching furniture yeah. and things like that. A lot of things that are quite common. Most of us who have had cats deal with it at one time or another. Oh, yeah. I got two cats. I can definitely uh, attest <laughs> to that. <laughs> yeah. And I have a lot more. Um, how do you feel about, because um, I'm always curious uh, in the States, it's, it's, it's a big issue right now, uh, cat decline. Oh, gosh. It is illegal in New Zealand. It's been oh, illegal okay. for a while. Um, it should be everywhere. I totally agree. It's, yeah. it's terrible. It's mutilating them. It's removing yeah. an essential part of their physiology that they need to live a happy and healthy life. And yeah. I think a lot of the de demand for it comes just from people not understanding what their cats need. And they're not yeah. giving them appropriate means to go through with those behaviors like scratching and stretching 
and they're not maintaining their claws with scratch pads or trimming the nails so it becomes a problem purely based on a lack of education Um, yeah i gosh i i was a vet tech for quite a few years and i it was one of the one of the surgeries i would not be a part of Um, yeah that would be very hard to navigate is um in the states is it still legal in like certain states or is it all over the country uh i know california was recently dealing with it i believe it's now in the city of la it's illegal um okay it's got any change here is is such a such a hassle and um so now i think it's like individual cities are starting to make the change first um yeah gosh i hope it um I hope it happens um, mm. federally. That would really be amazing. I don't think a lot of people understand. It's like cutting off the first knuckle of each. Yeah, video. and it, it can be quite traumatic. And yeah. a lot of them end up with chronic pain, like phantom yep. pain in their entire limb from it, yeah. which is a nightmare. I yeah, can't imagine can't doing imagine. that to someone. Um, it's really, really bad. Yeah, really sad. And I, I know here in the States, um, a lot of the... Uh, the cats in shelters are typically from uh, homes where they declawed the cat and the cat is having issues now because they start to bite. Yeah. Yeah. And they, their back legs still can turn your furniture for those oh. people who think the front clawing is, is, gonna, is not going to help. But hey, if you yeah. want a cat, you got to deal with it, right? I mean. Yeah. You've got to give them the appropriate means to be a cat. Um and there are easy ways to do that. So again, it just comes down to lack of education. And I think sometimes people will get cats that have already been declawed because they feel sorry for them. Yep. But the cat's already got a lot of trauma and issues associated with it. So it comes home and then people aren't equipped to deal with it. So their hearts are in the right place. But yeah. yeah. Um, what are some things people can do who have a cat in, in place to avoid you know, the declaw situation? Mm. So we, we're talking about to avoid getting the procedure done. Yeah, or, like or just, yeah. just in general, what to do so they don't mm. claw up your furniture and yeah. stuff like that. Okay, yeah. So there are a few key things you can do to reduce the risk of them damaging furniture. One is to provide more than one type of scratching surface. Most commonly, people have the vertical cat towers that are just a single pole with a little platform on the top. And not all cats like to scratch vertically all the time. Some are horizontal scratches. So you can get cardboard planks that have got um, little grooves in them, and they can scratch on those. And some cats like ones that are on an incline. So you need to provide a variety, and you need to get them acclimatized to them by rubbing some of their scent from their scent glands on their cheeks and chin on a cloth and then you rub it on the scratch pad or the pole and it just gets them used to it they're like okay this is my pole this is great i can use it and then just rewarding them when they use it with you know a treat or if you're clicker training that's a really good way to get them using it and to make sure that the vertical poles are actually tall enough a lot of ones i see in pet stores are very short they they go up to my knee and that's not enough for a cat to fully stretch because part of the satisfaction that comes from the scratching is stretching the entire muscle system through the body. So we need to make sure they're tall enough and stable enough. So those would probably be my main things. Well, I have no idea that they like different. Uh, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm learning. I'm learning. Wow. That's good. You'll and also see, the um, scent gland thing too. I didn't even, didn't mm-hmm. even know that. Yeah. It works for a yeah. lot of things. Um, with the sink glands, um, you can use it to get them used, used to pretty much anything like cat carriers, rubbing oh. their scent over a new carrier, okay. um, a collar, rubbing it on the collar before placing the collar on them. It just yep. kind of marks it as theirs and it takes away the kind of novelty of it a little bit because it smells yeah. like them. <laughs> right. Very cool. Wow. Interesting. Um, so let's talk about clicker training. You mentioned clicker training. Yes, so clicker training is one of the most amazing tools we have in our behavioral toolbox, so to speak. It is basically a little button that you click. It's made of metal and plastic. 
And you can shape your animal's behavior, pretty much any animal's behavior, by getting them to learn that the click is associated with a job well done or a treat or praise, just something that they like that's positive. So say you're trying to train your cat not to jump on the bench. You could put a cat tower in the same room, and then when they jump on the cat tower, click, give them a treat. But you're not clicking when they jump on the bench. So they're like, okay, if I want to get a vantage point of the whole room, I can go on the tower and get food if I do it, and a good job, and I get a pat. But if I go on the bench, I just get ignored. So this one's way better. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know a lot of people do the um, spray the water, the water bottle thingy. Yeah. (laughs) I know we got to talk about that, right? (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yep. Um, It's one of the most common things that people use, and it usually results in a cat that's more anxious, and sometimes they'll end up um, soiling themselves because they get so stressed and scared. Oh, no. yeah, cats learn best by positive reinforcement. Punishment, if anything, is just going to make them regress, be more stressed, and exhibit more problem behaviors. So one of the first things I tell my clients is to put the water bowl down. It doesn't have a place in a happy cat training relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it just everyone just gets upset and annoyed. So. Yeah, I've never used it. I. Uh, yeah. No, aversion, I remember growing up. Aversion and therapy, even at, right? Is that aversion therapy? Is that considered? Yeah, yeah. It's basically where you're adding something unpleasant to reduce the chance of the problem behavior occurring again. But yeah. cats don't learn that way. They they do something and they don't connect that to being sprayed with water. They just go, "Oh God, I got sprayed with water," yeah. and then they get scared and worried. Mm-hmm. So it might make sense to us because we would associate it, but cats don't learn that way. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, separation anxiety. I, you were saying that with everybody uh, in lockdown, uh, some cats actually didn't like their owners being at home. Yeah, they, um, they are creatures of habit. And when their owners are suddenly home all day after usually being gone for work from, you know, eight till five, it's a big change. And so some cats really don't like that. They'll go in situate themselves on another property or in the garden because they just want a bit of space so it takes a bit of adjusting and in cases of separation anxiety i've seen it where people go back to work after lockdown and the cat doesn't cope from having the constant companionship all day to only seeing their owner in the morning and evening so Hmm. i'm often getting people to build up to being away for long periods of time by going to the library and reading for a couple of hours, then coming home, or even just sitting in your car doing some work for a couple of hours. So your cat actually gradually learns to cope with the change instead of just going from one extreme to the other. Very cool. Um, so what? how does that come out in a cat? Separation anxiety, similar to a dog? I mean, what are they doing when, they, when, you, when you come home? Are they wrecking the house? Sometimes there is like furniture damage, uh, house soiling is usually one of the most common ones, and vocalization, um, yowling, and over-grooming is one we see as well, where they actually groom themselves to the point that they have bald patches of skin. Yeah, Um, I've seen that actually. Yeah, it's quite painful. Yeah. Um, I know in the vet practice I was in, they're actually starting to use antidepressant in cats, which I think is Mm. a little, you know, I, I... I don't, what, what's the, what are your feelings on that? I don't really know too much about it. Um, does it work? Is it, uh, I know they're using Prozac. They're literally, you know, using so, some of the human antidepressants on mm, Pharmaceuticals have their place for sure. Yep. Uh, I always say to people with any behavioral issue, you rule out a medical issue first and foremost, because pain can cause a lot of issues. And then we look at behavior modification using positive reinforcement and changes to the environment. If that isn't enough, say if the animal or cat is so anxious or so stressed that that isn't enough, they might need pharmaceutical support. And in that case, I refer to a veterinary behaviorist, which is a vet who is trained in behavior. So they can prescribe drugs that are appropriate while implementing behavior modification. Um, I don't see too much point personally in giving pharmaceutical drugs for things like stress and then not doing anything physically to help with cases of stress. 
it's like putting a band-aid on something if you're not going to help your cat feel secure in the home giving them pills is only going to do so much yeah yeah great advice um i think a lot of uh people connect drugs and just like people turn to drugs you know like when they're depressed and it's becoming um i don't know it's, it's not really dealing with the issue sometimes yeah I, they help for, for sure but yeah. it's not the only tool we need to make use of um like humans cats are multifaceted individuals and it's not just what we give them that changes things it's how we allow them to interact with the world around them that makes a difference as well yeah um it's interesting because um you know usually there's cat people and dog people and all that silliness and i i happen to love both um and always you know my cats are like super friendly they've always been you know huggy and kissy and and yeah. and i guess that's just part of the way you raise them because so many people think cats are cold and I've never seen that personally unless maybe I go to somebody else's house but um I think cats are they're great they're they can just be as uh, as cuddly as dogs and um is it with the training is it with the raising is it how you interact with them or is every cat different or has it just been maybe it's been my experience so every <laughs> have cat I been lucky different. have I been lucky <laughs> Yes. So every cat's different. Um, okay. There are a few components that make up how a cat's temperament is. We've got genetic. Um, so coming from the parents, not just how the parents were living at the time that the mum, the queen was pregnant, that can influence the kitten's temperament, which is oh, wow. insane. It's amazing. Huh. Um, wow. And then we've also got socialization in that key period when they're really, really young. So before they leave their mum, that two to seven weeks, that is a key socialization period. So if they don't have positive interactions with people in that time, or say yeah. the mom has negative ones and tries to get the babies away from people, that'll shape them for the rest of their life. Huh. And so some cats will have a very high threshold for sociability, you know, hanging with people, hanging with other animals, getting up yeah. all close and personal. Whereas other cats, they take a bit longer or they might just have a lower threshold that we need to respect because they can't control where they were raised or how they were raised. Um, all we can do is give them the best now and respect their autonomy, which I think is really important with cats because yeah, they sure. thrive yeah. on control. If they don't have a control of the situation, <laughs> you're going to yeah. end up with a very unhappy cat. That's the truth. <laughs> yeah. They're like us. They're closer They're like to people us. than dogs are. And I was going to say, they really are. Me out. They're like, oh, cats are so standoffish. I'm like, they like people. They, you know, they, they don't like someone coming up and being like, give me attention now. They, they want to, you know, get to know you first or go, I want to talk to you, not the other way around, which is fair enough. So true. So true. <laughs> So give some advice to somebody who's never owned a cat. Like, to, to tell me a little bit about the process, how you recommend, um, like, a new cat uh, person mm. to... Uh... I always say to people, if they've never had a cat before, fostering is an amazing way to get an understanding of what living with a cat is like. And yeah. also you get to meet a variety of cats. So you get a variety of personalities, uh, play requirements, grooming requirements. And you're also helping them while they're going to find a new home. And more often than not, someone ends up with a foster fail. They end up keeping them. You would know all too well. Yeah. It was like my last cat. I just, I could not, I could not let him go. Yeah. I'd fostered hundreds of kittens. And I, I was just like, nope, this one, this one I have to keep. So yeah. I often tell people with any animal, especially cats, fostering is an amazing way to get to know what living with a cat is like and the rescue groups are so supportive they give you all the tools you need and all the information and they you know organize all the vet visits and everything so everything's kind of done for you and all you really need to do is give you know that time and that love and the care that these cats need and then go from there they'll probably end up keeping one of them to be honest <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah. yeah yeah for sure i've, I've foster failed a lot <laughs> yeah I can imagine oh. most sanctuary places. You yeah. end up going, we're just we're just a couple of months, and then it's five years later. Yeah, definitely worse since I've come out here on thirty acres and have no neighbors. Oh my and gosh, yeah. About the you know about any kind of housing uh, issues or anything, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, um, and, and do you think it's good to get two cats? Is one cat sufficient enough? Like, you know, sometimes it's, it's good to have when they have company or does it not matter with cats? It comes down to the individual cat and also the environment. Um, okay. Some cats will have like a bonded friend, like another a litter mate, or say yeah. if they've been at a shelter and they've been living with another cat and they've got close together and they bring out the best in one another, I think it's good to keep them together. Yeah. And especially if you are someone who spends a lot of time out of the house, I think it's good to have, especially young cats, to have someone to play with just to keep that mind active and to keep them occupied. Some older cats don't take well to a new cat being introduced but if you're getting cats off the bat and you haven't got any at home i usually tell people to get two that are bonded because yeah. it just allows them to be a cat more often um they are our friends but they are cats first and foremost and they need another cat to feed off and interact yeah. with yeah i think so too i've always had at least two it definitely makes a big difference um, mm. <clears throat> litter box training Everybody's always like, how do they use it? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. It. It's a very common issue, um, yeah. ranging from not using it to going just outside the litter box, or they won't use it if it's in certain parts of the house. Yeah. Um, one of the most common spots people put them in is the laundry, which for us, it's good because it's out of sight, out of mind. But for cats, yeah. it's not ideal because it's a small space. It's usually placed in the corner of the room so they haven't got anywhere to go, say, if a predator was to come up to them because mm -hmm. primarily they're animals of survival. They're yeah. not going to go to the toilet where they feel like they're cornered or boxed in. And the laundry is also very loud. You've got the washing machine and the dryer. It's not the most calm and serene space. <laughs> so often cats will go somewhere else they think is more appropriate for them, which isn't where we want them to go. So it's definitely a um, strategic planning of where to place them and how big and what filler to use and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Filler can be an issue too, right? Mm. There's um, been a few studies showing that a sand like texture is the mm -hmm. most preferred around cats. Okay. And I always tell people to try and avoid scented litters yeah. because a cat's olfactory senses are so much stronger than ours if you think you can smell a lavender scented litter tray you could imagine how strong that is to a cat um, and some cats are fine with it you know some people have had no trouble using scented litter but yeah. i always say people if you've got a cat that's sensitive or new and you don't know what their preference is start off with something that's sand like and not scented and if that's good for you stick to that but if the cat's already used to a particular type of litter, keep to it. They're very preferential. They don't like to suddenly chop and change every time something's on special at the supermarket. Um, yeah, I've, I've yeah. tried that with those pine pellet thingies. They did not. Yeah, they um, can actually get stuck between the <laughs> paw pads. I've heard yes. of a couple of cases where they've actually got stuck. And so I, I, I don't recommend them anymore. I used to really like it. But, um, yeah, some cats don't like the feeling of it going between the, the poor pads. So yeah. Yeah. I no longer recommend it just from that. Yeah. 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 I, I tried it once. It didn't work out very well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And also just changing it drastically. I mean, I found. Yeah. Changing all the time is a, usually a recipe for disaster. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Um, let's talk about cats that don't pee in the litter box because I know that can sometimes be a, a huge issue. Mm. So with cats that are inside and they're peeing outside the litter box, I usually get people to discern whether it's urinating or actually spraying, like marking territory, because it's quite mm -hmm. different. Yep. And um, if they're urinating outside the litter box, my first thing is to check, are you cleaning the boxes enough? Uh, especially if your cat's primarily indoors, you need to be cleaning it morning and night, ideally. And if it's a multi-cat household, the general rule is one litter box per cat plus another one because some cats don't like to share. And I know some cats like to pee in one and then poop in the other. Yeah. <laughs> always makes me laugh. They're like, you know, this is for this, this is for this. Um, and yeah, again, location is very important. And also adjusting the litter box as the cat ages. If you've got a cat with severe arthritis and you've got a high-sided litter box, Yep. It's going to be very hard for them to walk in 
And then if it's small and they have to squat down and they're sore, they're probably going to want to go somewhere that's got more room so they don't feel as restricted. So there's, yeah, a few factors to think about. Yeah. Um, Excuse me. Uh, How do people reach you? Like if I wanted to get a console, what do I do? Mm. Uh, So you can head to my website. It is thecatcounselor.com or I am quite active on Instagram. Uh, My handle is at thecatcounselor. And the easiest way is just to click on book now and then it will take you down and you can click on there and then I'll see you on Zoom. And Zoom. yeah, go yeah. from there. Everybody's doing Zoom nowadays. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, everyone is doing Zoom. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly changed. So 30 minutes, $50, 60 minutes, 90. Is that still accurate? And that's Yeah, so that's Australian in New Zealand. Dollar. So it's New Zealand. So it'll New be Zealand, USD sorry, will be Zealand. cheaper. Yeah, um, yeah, so it's in New Zealand currency. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Um, you're vegan. Yeah, I've been vegan uh, nine years now. Okay, wow, very nice. That's Tell me a little good. bit about your journey to veganism. What what uh, prompted you to? Uh, uh, well, growing up, I was always a big animal lover. My yeah. parents lament me often that we'd spend all our summer holidays going to animal parks and. I always got told off for bringing animals home and, you know, all that thing and begging for more pets. And (laughs) I went vegetarian when I was, I think, 13. And in New Zealand, it's our animal agriculture industry is huge. It's one of our biggest exports. So um, it took a while for some of my family members to come around to just the vegetarian thing um people were worried that i was going to be malnourished you know you know all that usual stuff um and then by chance i watched a behind the scenes video nine years ago of the dairy and egg industry and it was just like something just lit up inside me i was like oh my goodness how how did i not know this was going on and i went vegan overnight um yeah yeah it just had the same experience that's so funny yeah Um, Mm, so it just completely flipped my switch so to speak i woke up i guess that's the only real way to describe it yeah yeah yeah, for sure it's been um it's been great i am i feel so good to be aligned with my values and i really feel like doing animal advocacy i feel like i'm speaking my truth and i'm actually walking you know walking the talk um by being vegan which is always nice and Vegan baking is so much fun. I love it. Vegan baking. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you like your, so are you a big baker? Yeah. I, I bake most weeks. If I could have it my way, I'd be baking every day, but we'd run out of room and we couldn't eat all. So, um, I do baking for side hustle, maybe baker and cat counselor. I don't know if I'd have time. I, if I could, if I had more hours in the day, I probably would. But yeah, well, it's good that you're busy then, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been fantastic. It's been oh, good, um, good. Oh. really nice, warm reception to um, the whole concept of feline behavioral management, which has been very nice. It's been good. Very cool. What's your favorite thing to bake? Oh, goodness. Um, I'm a sucker for brownies. Brownies and cookies. Uh, yeah, me too. I love them. So mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um, I do make a mean cake. I make cakes for birthdays mm-hmm. and things like that. So oh, cool. I'm the go-to cake person for my family. <laughs> that's that's good too. So, is most mm-hmm. did your most of your family make the connection, or is it? No, like just me. Just, just me. Yeah, yeah. yeah my typical, um, typical. My mom's uh, sort of vegetarian. Okay. Um, she eats, you know, she eats like cheese and jellies yeah. and things. But um, yeah, the rest of my family just eats the meat and three vegetable yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's okay. Everyone to, has yeah, their yeah, own, everybody's, everybody's own journey own and yeah, um, it absolutely. helps my partner's vegan. So, oh, good. Um, that yeah, that easy. makes things a lot easier. Oh, yeah. yeah. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can relate. Sure. Um, so uh, I forgot what I was just going to ask you. It's just, I'm thinking about, you know, it, it's, it's always, it's always an issue with families and veganism. And mm. um, yeah. I remember, <clears throat> I don't know, you, you said you saw the documentary on the uh, the dairy industry, and I remember, uh, you know, Mercy for Animals. I'm sure you've heard of them. Yeah. Um, they do a they show the life of each different animal on a, on a factory farm. They start with like mm-hmm. pigs, 
you know, down the line. And um, I had been vegetarian and I, and I, they used to have, it was called meat video. And uh, it took me about two weeks to get through it. And I, I, I don't know why prior to that, I thought, you know, the animals were running around in fields and not that killing them made any different, but you know, I had, yeah. no, I had no clue how horrific it, it was, was nice. overnight, yeah. overnight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, cool. it's crazy how much of it is hidden. Um, oh, I mean, now with the internet, it's everywhere, but yeah, there's a reason that's hidden. Um, and especially in where I am in New Zealand, because it makes up such a huge part of the economic system. Yeah. It's crazy how more of it isn't out in the open when you think about how much of our country runs or is dependent on it. And there's very little public um, images that aren't, you know, interesting. Or, yeah. um, do you guys have a lot of activists out there who do their stuff? Yeah, or? we do. Um, we've actually, this documentary has actually just come out uh, called Milt that was co-produced by an activist that I know, uh, Chris Hurawai, and they just released a documentary about the dairy industry here in New Zealand, oh, cool. which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, is it available so, yeah, online or? I think it's at film festivals and screening, but I don't know if it's available online yet. I can okay. have, a, have a look and send it to you. Yeah, I'll take a look. Yeah, but, um, awesome. yeah nope. our country is small, but very dedicated activists and animal yeah. rescue groups. You guys do a lot of like the sheep stuff, right? There's a lot of trees. Yeah, wool and streets, big care, wool and dairy. Yeah, well, yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, I'm hoping it'll change one day. And what I find interesting, since we've both been in the uh, veterinary nurse and in that setting, is how many um, veterinarians are not vegan, how many of the vet techs or the vet nurses. Uh, and I never understood yeah. it. You know, I had, I was literally yeah. only vegan in a, in a, you know, pretty decent amount of uh, a pretty decent group. And um, yeah, the disconnect to me, sometimes it's really strange, right? It's really odd. I, yeah. I remember distinctly when I was at university, for vet nursing and I was like okay I'm gonna go and I bet you half the class or you know it's gonna be at least vegetarian or something no I was the only one and I was shocked I was was like how how can you dedicate your you know your livelihood to helping animals but at the same time you know your meals don't reflect that no yeah so when I started working it was the same sort of thing yeah. Um, a couple of people were vegetarian. I think I know one vegan nurse, I think, wow. after 10 years. So wow. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's huge disconnection. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how that's going to change in the veterinary industry. I, I feel like people are more aware of what's happening yeah. in animal agriculture, but I don't feel like it's shifting no. um, here anyway. I haven't noticed it shifting. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you have to do a large animal rotation when you're in school, right? Mm. And that's typically about eating them as opposed mm. to caring for them to, you know, yeah, keep stop companion. Basically. You know, it's all about yeah. keeping them healthy and sort for of, For a right? reason. Yeah. For a reason. Yeah, yeah. I um, when I was at uni, I was like, there's no way I'm going to do large animal because I think it'll just destroy me. Oh, um, gosh, yeah. Mentally. I just, yeah. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Gosh. Um, what else should we talk about? Did I miss anything? Mm. Oh, tell me about your cats. I'm curious. I'm always oh, curious my kitties. You... Yeah. Tell me. So I love hearing it's, about it's inter- cats. <laughs> it's interesting. I had, um, I had five at one point and it was, so challenging. Um, I, I used to, you know, I have a pretty big Instagram following and I, and I used to just tell people, I do not, do not get more than two, like two cats. The same, like we, we, you and I talked about it earlier, that third cat, that dynamic changes. Mm. And, um, yeah, you know, five was so challenging. The amount of litter boxes, number one is crazy. Right. Um, and at that point, this was gosh, 
15 years ago at this point, probably. Um, and I, I was just learning that each one had to have their own litter box, you know, yeah. so we had like two litter boxes and you can imagine what a disaster that was. Right. Um, and then the fighting and, uh, I mean, it was literally everything you can imagine, um, that cats, that many cats would do together. That was my yeah. everyday challenge. It was, it was, it wasn't easy. Um, no, but five yeah. is a lot. <laughs> yeah. So now I got two. Um, one who I've had way back from that time. She's the last kitty left from that group. And um, uh, a two-year-old who we um, rescued two years ago. He was a little tiny thing that somebody found oh. under their porch. So um, we named him Tofu. <laughs> so Tofu oh and gosh. Penelope. <laughs> He's a tuxedo and she's kind of like a brindle mix. And oh, beautiful. Uh, yeah, you know, they never got along. They mm -hmm. still uh bat each other, but they uh you know, they'll eat together, they you know, they'll they'll tolerate each other. Yeah. Um, the one cat, uh Tofu, the little one, is with me all day, and then the other one is with me all night in the bed. So that's how they kinda break up their time. <laughs> Do they um, go out into, you know, where all your other animals are located or are they? Um, we, they're just indoor. The tofu will sneak out like the back area sometimes and he'll run back in after a couple minutes. Um, the, uh, at the front door, I mean, we've got pigs that come right to the front door. So he'll be mm -hmm. peeking out, looking at them. And the, the pigs look at him like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, he's very curious about uh, about them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but no, none of them go outside. Too many uh, flying. Uh, I would, I, I, they'd probably get taken by an eagle or something. I would imagine. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. In New Zealand, um, cats are primarily allowed outside access, so it's quite interesting oh. talking to people overseas, oh, especially in places yeah. like the states where you've got like coyotes and you know. Yeah, coyotes too. Gosh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. so we yeah. don't have that here. The oh, the only animal that would really cause a threat to animals that cause a threat to cats are dogs and humans. So oh. you know, like road oh. traffic accidents or going onto a yeah. property with a dog. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of people let their cats outside. It's very oh, normalized here. Oh, cool. I imagine they like to go outside too. You don't have to be as busy with your litter box, <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, I think that's part of the appeal for people is it's less maintenance for them because their yeah, cat's yeah. going outdoors. I'm always telling people to have a litter box inside anyway, especially if you're in suburbia because you've got a lot of cats' territories overlapping. And oh, a sure. lot of cats aren't comfortable going to the toilet while there's another cat around the corner waiting to grab mm. them or you know, just like them. us. Yeah, so I tell them have a have a, a toilet inside for them, just so they have the option to feel safe, somewhere yeah. safe to go. Um, but most people let them outside because it's less work. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine that would be kind of nice sometimes. Um, but yeah, no, these guys are. Uh, these guys are indoor um, and yeah, too. Gosh, so much easier. Molly, so much easier. <laughs> oh gosh. So let me go down the list and see who's here. I've ignored everybody that's watching tonight. <clears throat> Hello, Richard. How are you? Richard, thank you for joining Patreon. I'm, I'm so grateful. Uh, who else is here? Who else is here? Uh, Richard says he has a friend that has a cat that thinks it's a dog um, because he was raised by a dog. Yeah, I've I've seen things like that. Um, yeah. yeah, cats that were raised with um, some huskies and they would try and howl. It's hilarious. Oh. It. It's really funny. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, Elizabeth. I haven't seen Elizabeth in a while. Uh, I'm trying to read everybody. I got my contacts in, so I got to get a little closer. <laughs> uh, she, oh, she's she's so Elizabeth is a mom of a 18-year-old uh, gray tabby and a 10-year-old Savannah, and uh, they're so loving. Uh, oh, they sleep cute. with them every night. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, Savannahs are beautiful. They're beautiful cats. I don't Hi, know Ruth. if we actually How have any you? here. No, no Savannahs? I don't think so. We've got Bengals. Oh, Bengals. Bengals. I think they're similar, yeah. right? Yeah, I think they're similar. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. 
probably a completely different breed and I'm saying they're similar. Right? They are they are a completely different breed, but people <laughs> yeah. get them for similar reasons for the aesthetic and the yeah. independentness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Ruth, hey Ruth. Ruth says hello. Everybody says hello. Um, and hey Wilma, how are you? She's she's happy you're vegan because a lot of people <laughs> She's here in Florida, so we're used to like our techs not being vegan and yeah, and stuff uh, like that. Nice, nice change. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, Robin, how are you? Uh, his, I'm sure his, her, my uncle has three. Oh, okay, three kitties. Yeah, that's one, one too many. We talked about. <laughs> and oh valentina yeah so <laughs> we have some volunteers they just got a cat recently right they adopted a one and a half year old cat two months ago and they have a 12 year old dog mm -hmm. um, they've slowly been introducing them through the screen door yeah oh that's that good to have slow introductions yeah. um one of the older methods that people still use today is uh, it's called flooding where you kind of force the animal to deal with whatever thing you're trying to acclimatize them to by putting yeah. them in a cage and then putting them in the lounge where the dog is or the other cat is. Yeah. And then they kind of just leave the animal to deal with it, which is still recommended by some people, which really? wow. kind of freaks me out a little bit, but yeah. um, it's just lack of education. So yeah, mm. slow introductions through screen door, uh, swapping of scents, that chin and cheek gland before okay. covering yeah. things. Um, clicker training as well getting both animals to associate being in vicinity to the other with fun a game or treats mm -hmm. you know just making whenever they interact or are near the other animal it's a positive experience yeah. and we're keeping everyone safe by having that screen door and then slowly less barriers yeah what's what's the typical timeline is there a timeline or is it just however there isn't a set it? one no okay. some cats can join a home with a dog and they're fine after a week others it's a couple of months to five months so it just mm. depends like us they're all different and some cats have never been socialized with a dog or right. they've had a bad experience with a Where dog bad, so yeah. it takes a while and if you've got a dog who's got like a high prey drive um that's also a thing you need to be mindful of as well it's just the safety oh, she said it's the dog that's the issue okay <laughs> well, the dog i can't really tell you too much about that but i would be saying supervise interactions only and oh yeah them on a lead for a while super high play drive yeah so that's where um clicker training would be really good to keep their attention focused on you versus the cat and that'd be scared a bit from him. Oh, poor baby. Yeah, Aww. Valentine, if you're patient and just take your time um, and introduce some sort of games for both animals, I think that'll go a long way, keeping them both occupied. Yeah, we're on a 10 second delay, so I'll let them, I'll give it a couple seconds in case anybody has, if you has any, have any questions for Molly, feel free to join in. Um, Okay. Did I cover everything? I think I that we think got everything. We've, we've didn't talked we? cats. We've talked veganism. We've talked, we've talked the weather. We've, we've done all you know the <laughs> holy trinity of topics. Do you guys have any um, farm sanctuaries out there? We do. Yeah, um, we have a few. There's one closest to me is actually called the Farm Sanctuary. It's up um, about an hour north of where I live. Okay. And then there's a few dotted out through down the country. Um, New Zealand's very small compared to the States. Yeah. So yeah. we have a few sanctuaries, but they're scattered about. So okay. um, they're um, really struggling at the moment with lack of volunteers with COVID because uh, a lot of the people that would volunteer at the sanctuary are traveling people um, who come over for their OEs and things like that. So, um, yeah, a lot of them are struggling at the moment with just oh, getting the support bad. they need. But, is it uh is it a donation thing too yeah um i've actually been trying to get more of the sanctuaries on patreon because um you guys are on patreon and i, I sponsor yeah. a few sanctuaries on patreon but yeah. um i think a lot of people here as well it's just the economy like a lot of people don't have money to spare um that's why things like patreon are so good because you can donate a dollar a month you can donate a dollar sure yeah, yeah. and it, it, it adds up so i'm yeah, always telling people up. with sanctuaries is get on patreon because 
even if you have 20 people donating, you know, $5 a month, that's going to cover a decent amount of food. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's so those had, small donations. They, they really add up. We always they add up. And it's so easy. You just yeah. click and you're done and you don't notice it. I, yeah, I've had to rein in how many sanctuaries I sponsor, but <laughs> it's, it's so easy. And it's nice to yeah. know you're helping even yep. when you can't physically go and help. It's, it's really yep. nice. Yeah, I always yeah. tell people, you know, if, if all of my followers donated $1 a month, it would be incredible. Yeah, the work you could do would be, you know, even more amazing if, yeah. you know, more people. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we have some sanctuaries here, and they're really amazing. The people just go above and beyond for these animals. Um, <laughs> and a lot of these animals have just been, you know, failed by the people that are supposed to care for them. Or we have a lot of battery hens here in New Zealand. So um, some of the rescue groups and sanctuaries do the battery hen rescues. Yeah, sure. Um, yep. So that's I've done I've helped out with one of them. Um, it was a bit of a harrowing experience seeing some yeah, of the is. injuries. Um, uh, it's pretty sad. But you know, it's nice to see these chickens living out their lives and you know in heaven with their friends, and yeah. they're allowed to be chickens. And yeah, 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 it's worth it. Yeah. Do you, do you guys have a lot of pigs over there? I don't know typically what the, mm, is it a lot we of pig do, rescue? Yeah. It, yeah. Um, not so much rescue. We do have some sanctuaries with pigs, which is good, but I think it's quite difficult to get pigs from these um, organizations that are running, raising them. Uh, for me. Um, yep, yep. The most common way that rescues procure these animals is through your local buy and sell groups with someone oh. selling a pig for someone to have yep. a butcher come visit them and yeah, sure. process them. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah so sure. that's probably where a lot of the animals come from. I notice a lot of cows get um, rescued that way. A lot of cows, yeah. Okay. Mm. And I sheep, I would imagine, or no? Yeah, really? sheep. We have a, yeah. Um, a lot of sheep that are kept for wool. Um, yeah. It's another big export here in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, here we are in a crisis with pigs because of the mini pig myth and pet pigs oh. are a big thing right now. And it is just, oh gosh, Molly, I can't even tell you. It's, I probably get five phone calls a day to take a pig. Oh my goodness. That, yeah. that must be and, so hard to wrangle. Yeah, and it, it's a major crisis too. Every sanctuary in the U.S. is like, to capacity with pigs it's, it's out mm. of control it's just out of control yeah I, I i pet pigs they're awesome they um they're they're awesome they're, they're awesome. so smart and i i think they have such a resilience about them that um they can go through so much and still have so much love to give afterwards oh, we can cute. learn a lot from them <laughs> do you guys have a pet pet pigs out there do they have that issue at all we it... do have pet pigs it's not okay. the fad of the mini pigs isn't as big here as it is in the states and in the uk okay. i know in the uk it's really bad as well oh um, the uk okay wow yeah i last time i was there which was quite a while ago now i went to a sanctuary that was near my grandparents place and they had about eight pigs and seven of them were people who had got a miniature pig for christmas or birthday yep. and then it kept growing Yep. um surprise surprise so surprise, we do surprise. have a few here yeah i know yeah. um we do have a few here people who have lifestyle blocks i don't know what they call them in the states but like it's like a miniature farm kind of you got a couple of acres okay land. sure yeah yeah and so people will have um, a couple of pigs and then yeah. they're like okay actually these pigs keep growing and we need to get better fencing to keep them contained and yeah. you know all those things that some people just don't know about or don't think about um yeah. so they end up needing to rehome the pigs and yeah. they don't always go to people that are gonna look after them in their best interest yeah same here same here yeah mm -hmm. yeah well on that note it was so great to have you on the show it was great to Thank meet you. you i learned a lot tonight um, oh i'm glad it's been really yeah, i really fun. did yeah it was it was great getting to know you um I know that Tiffany put up the links on how people can reach you. And I guess you're global, right? You're Zoom. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I um, I have clients all over the world, which is really Very nice cool. because yeah. I get to meet all walks of people. And yeah, it's just I learn something new from every case, which is really good. 
Yeah, that, that's good. I too. see Elizabeth has a question. Oh, okay. Go for it. You take over. My question is. <laughs> So Elizabeth, I would first look at ruling out any medical issues with cats that are 18 year olds, which is, you know, reasonably old. There can be a cognitive decline. So the brain function isn't as well as it used to be. So you'll get some cats where they've got their hearings diminished or their visions diminished. And so they'll be vocalizing to kind of be like, oi, something isn't right. Or can you please assist me with this? Or it could be something like anxiety. So I would rule out a medical issue and then look at introducing lots of things that encourage a sense of calm. There are plug-in diffusers you can use, like Fellaway, I think you have it in the States, and I recommend that for any cats that are exhibiting vocalizations, and it just helps reduce anxiety, and making sure that your cat's needs are all met. Oh, she's got lymphoma as well. Okay, yeah, so I would check as well that she's not in any discomfort from the lymphoma as well. Um, a lot of vocalizing can come from pain and discomfort. So that's what I would rule out first. I think Nancy has a question. I don't want to trap, uh, trap, neutered and home nine cats and kittens last year. Ooh. Of course I ended up keeping two. So now I have five. Oh boy, I've been there. <laughs> the male takes his toys, uh, drowns them in the water <laughs> and drops them out. Oh, that's so funny. Is he really drowning them? And she's also vegan. I've heard of, so cats can play with their food. Um, mother cats will bring um, semi-live prey into the den where their kittens are and train them. And they learn how to hunt that way. So you could just be doing something like playing with it. He might like the splashing noise it makes when it drops into the water. And then it just adds another tactile experience. I don't personally think cats have the capacity to be like i'm gonna drown someone um so I, I wouldn't be too worried about your cat becoming you know like mr sinister overnight um i think it's just more like an enrichment thing he just enjoys it so i would look at adding more water play see if he enjoys having like you know a shallow pool or something if he enjoys the water adding some more enrichment might make him feel extra special yeah wow definitely kitty pools do cats yeah. really not like water or because i know majority like majority like don't or... like it but some cats okay. really do um yeah. cats like bengals or uh turkish vans they can often swim um if you go on youtube you can search up surfer cat mav and that's a cat that actually goes paddle boarding with their I've owners <laughs> um so yeah some of them yeah. do um yeah it's not as common but yeah some cats do like the water very cool London getting in and stepping out. Oh, yeah, that would be good. <laughs> All right. Any last questions for Molly? I'm counting 10, 9, 8, 7. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Molly, thank you so much for being on tonight. I'll, we'll be in touch. I'm following you now on social media. Um, Thank you for the great advice. Really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. It was great to do. No worries. Uh, Thank you for time. having me. Yeah. It's been real fun. Yeah. Have a great night. Cool. Afternoon. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Bye. All right. Wow. I learned a lot tonight. Gosh. Um, how's everybody doing tonight? All right. I'm going to uh, use my final minutes. How much minute, How much time do I have, Tiffany? I got a couple minutes. Um, so tomorrow, guys, Giving Tuesday. Um, it is. Um, if you're following us on Facebook, uh, we've got our Giving Tuesday fundraiser up. Um, for those of you who um, might just be watching the show tonight, we um, we're rescuing four death row pigs from California. Um, our friends at um, Saving Animals and Healing Hearts uh, pulled four piggies that were in really terrible situations. Uh, we've got the whole, we've got the description in our Giving Tuesday um, fundraiser um, on Facebook, and we also uh, have the same fundraiser on the LittleBearSanctuary.org website. So it gives you guys a lot of different options to donate. Uh, it's, it's a huge endeavor. It's costing us, uh, it's, it's a, 
it's a big amount of money. The transport alone is $4,200. Uh, the piggies, we just heard today, the piggies are getting picked up on Monday, Monday, Tuesday. So um, yesterday, if you guys check out Facebook and Goldilocks YouTube, we, uh, we got to meet the four piggies and hear their stories. And gosh, they're so cute. They've been through so much. Um, we, we really need everybody's help. Uh, a $1, a $5 donation um, from our followers. Imagine if everybody donated five bucks, it would truly, um, it would really help us out. Uh, our break even on this rescue is upwards of 7,000 and, and we're not even, we're not even there yet. I think we're, I don't even think we've hit the halfway point, but we're like around 40, we're, we're, we've got enough to cover the transport. Um, so vet bills guys the the california vet bill is going to be crazy blood work uh health certificates tagging the animals um and then here we've got to spay and neuter them uh so that's going to be uh uh terry's out in uh san diego uh the vet the vet costs out in california are crazy they're literally 10 times more than what we pay here at the sanctuary. So um, if you guys can donate a dollar, donate five bucks, we, we would really, we could really, really use the help. Um, so yeah, four little piggies um, coming here. Um, one of them, uh, we posted a little video runner. He, uh, he was found by the police running around in Riverside, California, and he went to the Riverside shelter a really high kill shelter we were able to pull him and get him to safety and uh, a couple other piggies with some um gosh i don't even want to talk about it because i it really brought tears to our eyes yesterday um a few of them were rescued from someone's backyard and really terrible uh, terrible intentions for these piggies but they are safe terry uh crutchfield has them uh, safe and in her um, in her sanctuary out in California. Uh, and Monday's the big day, guys. So I'm, I'm super excited. They're finally going to come here. It took us a long time to find a transport. Um, we're hoping to reach 10 grand. I know it's a lot of money. Um, so Giving Tuesday, the way it works, uh, Facebook matches uh, the first $8 million that gets donated at 8 a.m. Eastern time, uh, Tuesday. So tomorrow at 8 a.m., if you do want to make a donation and try it for us to get a match, um, you, you got to be ready to go, like have it set up, and you got to literally hit that button at exactly 8 a.m. Um, the money, the $8 million is gone in, in, in a minute. It's literally, it goes so quick. A lot of these big, big million-dollar organizations end up getting it first because they have so many followers. Um, so, you know, if you guys want to set that alarm clock and, and be ready, um, it'll be, it'll be fun. See if we get a, see if we get a match this year. Uh, so yeah, um, videos are up, uh, again, it's, it's, it's our Facebook, it's, uh, giving Tuesday fundraiser and, um, yeah, I can't wait to, uh, to have the piggies here. And uh, we'll, of course, we'll do a, a landing video when they get here and, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, <clears throat> next week, next Monday, one of our favorite guests uh, of all time, uh, Chef David, is going to be here next Monday. And we always have a lot of fun together. A really good friend of mine for a long time. And uh, um, I forgot what he's cooking. I think he's going to be doing acorn squash for the holiday. So a stuffed acorn squash. Um, and I think what I'm going to try to do, <laughs> I, I hope I've, uh, let me see, do I, uh, give me one second. Uh, all right. So, uh, I'm sorry. Guys. <laughs> um, yeah. So chef David next Monday, uh, he doesn't know it yet, but I think what we're going to try to do is actually cook together. So I'm going to try to make, um, make the uh the acorn squash with him and uh and i think we had good reception tonight did we have good reception tonight everybody i don't even know i forgot to ask i didn't want to stress about it i hope the image was clear tonight and uh anyway uh, i had a lot of fun tonight 
thank you, Molly, for, for being my guest tonight. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, I'll see everybody next week. And let's, uh, yeah, good night, everybody. Good night. This is Chris Vane signing out. And remember, peace begins on your plate. Don't want the fun to end? Grab more refreshments. Then head over to the Goldilocks Productions YouTube channel. With the huge selection of shows, the fun doesn't have to end. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.